Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Susan Lequitz. Susan's the founder of Dental Coaches, a personal friend. We go back several years. One of the most rewarding accounts to this day that I've ever worked on is Dr. Heller, and I think you did amazing things with him. I I loved your approach there, and I, I know we've partnered on a couple of accounts since then, but I would love to hear what you've been up to and what what the heck you've been doing. Yeah, I know. I um I really loved working with you too, with with Dr. Heller and his team. And I think marketing is such a very important part of a dental practice. And I have been, you know, growing my team and working a lot with team engagement. And um, how do we get our teams really fired up and focused on patient care? How are we setting our offices apart? Many of my clients are looking to drop PPO plans and really want to focus in on patient retention. Mm -hmm. And I still work really strongly with new patient phone training and a case agreement system that I've created. So how are we getting patients to agree to the treatment that they need versus accept the treatment that they need. You and I, through the years, have talked so much about the value of the hygienists go to school for several years, the, the assistants go to school, the, the front desk doesn't, and they tend to put the first, the newest person out there because it's the job that no one wants to do. I, I would love to hear your approach. I, I know that I've seen it, but I, I would love for you to kind of walk us through your approach on on coaching and how you get the team engaged because almost exclusively it's it's when the phone rings it's an annoyance it's a distraction it's a it's not a priority and i don't know you know i, I know across our uh, portfolio it's it costs us about 30 dollars to generate a new patient phone call on average and if you're converting one in three that's a hundred dollar per new patient and some offices don't convert that so i, I talk me through your approach well, you know, we really think about the phone being such an important, you know, first or second impression of the office. Sometimes the first impression is the website, the Google reviews. But what we do is we really work to um, get the teams to really understand that, you know, patients are calling because they, they have a problem, they're in pain, they have a need, they need some type of dental home and that they're nervous and they're scared. And it can't be just thought of as like an intake process, right? It just can't be thought of, oh, I scheduled the patient and I got all their information and I did it. You know, it has to be more of how do you set the office apart? How do you connect with that patient that's calling? How do you um, find out their name, use it in a sentence? How do you get them um, kind of excited about coming to the office and how do you elevate your practice? How do you have your practice stand out? How do you talk about the providers in the office? Um, so one statistic that I heard recently was that people will call upwards of seven different dental offices before making a decision on where to go. And a lot of times I think they'll schedule an appointment and they'll be like, oh, let me try another somebody else. And maybe at that other office will get them in sooner or kind of woo them over the phone and they'll just won't show up, you know, to that first appointment that they booked. So we try to make it fun by gamifying the process and getting everyone involved in supporting each other because answering the phone is hard and they've really got to think about turning it on and being excited and how can we 
woo that patient? How can we win others over? Because our tone and our words and our, you know, our empathy on the phone is so important. Sometimes I think it's training and it's just kind of understanding Mm -hmm. that, wow, I do have an important job. This is an important, important job. Now you mentioned winning others over. Woo. Are you a strength finders advocate? Do you uh-huh. like the well, strength finders? I do. You know, I do. And um I, you know, I'm a woo and I think you have to put somebody on the phone who's going to really enjoy talking to people. If you mm-hmm. put your most introverted person on the phone or you put the person who's the most nervous or the the least experienced, it can be a challenge, you know, it can be a challenge and, and it's hard for them too. So I do think um, they have to think about, I almost think of this little fishing analogy of like, you know, kind of reeling this patient in, you know, how do I get this patient excited about this visit and wanting to come into this office and how do I set, you know, set the office apart. And a lot of times the patients will come in and say, you know, I chose your office because your office sounded like the best office in town. And I liked the way I was greeted on the phone. And um, so we really work on, work on that part of it. And then, Mm -hmm. and then making it fun, you know, making it fun with getting them together with, you know, scoring calls and then making it a game, you know, and, and um, how do we get like teams engaged and really excited about the, the reviews and the, and the new patients that come in. Yeah. Now you mentioned a couple of things there. I had not heard the seven. I mean, that, I, I believe it though. I do know that, you know, we, we spoke earlier about, we listen to a ton of marketing calls as part of this value to drive, you know, true ROI of a, of a patient and things like that. And we do hear them call back and cancel appointments. Now, of course they don't say, well, I found someone, you know, cheaper. I found someone better. I found someone that got me in. They just call and say, I can't make it and, you know, hang up. But there is an interesting statistic that we've uncovered that does tie in. And that is, um, when a new patient calls in, we know that they have called that office a couple of other times on average twice and asked different questions, oh. not about new patients. Like, like, as, oh. and they'll ask like, does, you know, do you do this? And just, and then do you guys see, uh, do you do veneers? Do you do crowns? We do know that statistically that many new patients call in pre calling in to make an appointment. And I bet that's during that seven time that they're doing it. But I also find that, you know, you mentioned the front desk. I find that when the phone rings, they're oftentimes doing something else. They're checking someone out. And I love what you said about gamifying, because I think that changing that paradigm of getting them excited is so, I don't want to say if you did nothing else, because obviously if you're terrible at, at answering questions, but like, I think if you just had someone excited to answer the phone and excited to get a new patient in, that would be heads and shoulders above most of the practices that it's just a chore to answer the phone. Yeah. Now, yeah. what is your ideal new patient phone call? Like someone calls in, they, Susan, I'm, I'm, I need to schedule an appointment for me and my family. So I'm a big believer in taking control of the call and taking control of the call by being the one asking the questions. And I'm a firm believer in a greeting um, similar to thank you for choosing Mm -hmm. Dr. Hubbard's 
office. This is Susan. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? So using my name, getting their name. And then, you know, Eric, how can I help you? And finding out what prompted them to call today. You know, finding out, gee, I'm curious, Eric, what made you pick up the phone and call us today? And then as soon as you say, well, I'm looking for a new dentist because I have a broken tooth or I need a crown or I need a veneer or I'm interested in implants or whatever you say gives me the opportunity to create something positive about the office. Well, Eric, we're going to take great care of you. Dr. Hubbard's amazing. We've done thousands of implants over the years. You've, you've called, you've called the right place. And just to get really simple with that mm. and find something that you feel speaks true to your heart, right? We don't want anyone to say something on the phone that they don't believe is true. So we want them to be really comfortable with, you know, with their, their word choice. And it just becomes like a system, right? You know, so it's get their name, find out why they called, create some kind of positive statement, answer any questions, get them an appointment, talk about the process of filling out any type of paperwork, whether it's mm -hmm. online or however you're going to deliver it, get them to fill out the paperwork today. You know, can you do me a favor? Mm. Eric, you're going to get a link. Can you fill nice. this out today? Because then we'll be prepared for your visit because too many times we hear them say, okay, you'll get a link for paperwork, fill that out before you come in. And then the patient forgets, it gets buried, you know, it slows down the whole process. So when the patient invests um, some time into filling out that paperwork and it allows the team to prepare for that visit, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and I think yeah. you can do a really good new patient phone call, book an appointment, you know, five to seven minutes. If it mm -hmm. goes long, mm -hmm. long, long with a lot of questions, that's a great question, Eric. When you come in, the clinical team will be able to tell you all about, you know, all about that procedure. So it's taking control and connecting with the patient before you answer the insurance question, before, yeah. you, you know, how much does a crown cost? Oh, that's a great question, Eric. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions myself? How'd you hear about us? What made you call today? And, you know, depends on what kind of crown you need, you know, crowns start at $1,200 and can go up from there. We have flexible financial options, you know, so we try to give them the, the phrases to use to simplify the conversation and move it, move it along and keep it positive. Mm -hmm. No, I like, I really love, in fact, what you said about getting them to fill out the new patient paperwork today. I think it does two things. Number one, and just as you're saying, I've, I've never heard someone say it, so I, I love it. I, number one, I think it gets them emotionally invested. Of I, Now I've spent some time filling this paperwork out. I'm almost there. Yeah. But the other thing I think it does is I think it helps construct your office. It's the office that's very well put together because you need the paperwork for something. It's not just a task for me to come in at any point before I come in. And I really like creating that, that little bit sense of urgency felt you know, enough to be different to me. But as soon as you said, um, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? I don't know. And I think it's a testament to you, but I don't know that you fully understand the impact you've had on a man named John Barroso. Oh, um, uh-huh. It's a long time ago, but do you know that John Barroso still talks about you working with his front desk so over many years ago. Wow. And to this day, okay. his office still answers the phone with who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Awesome. And they credit 
uh, you, Susan. So I think it's testament. Now he's recently sold to Dr. Majors and you know, they're, they're both doing really well, but um, you have an office out there that still talks about you to this day. Yeah. So pretty wild. Yeah. Good. That, good. You know, John's a good guy. He, um, uh, but yeah, he's doing really well getting, getting ready to move on and spend time with grandkids someday. That's but good. Now, what are some of the challenges that you most commonly see as you engage the front desk in both the, the knowledge they may have, but also the inter-team dynamics between, you know, perhaps them and the dentist or expectations? Mm-hmm. What are some of the common challenges you have? Well, um, you know, as you kind of mentioned earlier, oftentimes, you know, that front desk position is kind of like the octopus, right? You know, people are coming in, people are checking out, the phone is ringing, I've got to file an insurance claim, I've got, you know, different tasks to do. And um, we're a firm believer in decentralizing that front desk a little bit Mm. and doing some cross training so that our clinical team can really become patient advocates and can help with doing some of the scheduling. We, um, we've created a financial agreement tool that allows any team member to go over payment options in easy, you know, concise way with a patient so that maybe the front desk can get a little extra time to focus on that call. And we've even developed different, um, different little uh, props to put up. Like if I'm on the phone call, I'm on the phone with a new patient, there's a little prop I put up in front of, in front of myself saying, don't bother me. I can't, I can't do something else. Mm, that's really and clever. Talk, talk to this patient at the same time. Cause like you said, it has to be a focus. And, um, and we've really are big believers in having, having a paper to, to write on and take notes and kind of mm. follow with some prompts versus uh, pulling up the computer software and, you know, name, email, you know, and start typing it in. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so those are some of the things, you know, some of the things that we do to kind of help the teams um, with, you know, supporting the people at the front desk and saying, Hey, this, this is a tough job. You know, this is an important job and, and, you know, we need, we need your help in having that time, you know, be available. Cause some offices are getting, right? Upwards of over 50 new patients a month. You know, they're getting a lot of new patient phone calls. And if they can control it and keep it, you know, kind of concise, uh, it helps with the time. Yeah. So Now, do you think, and this can be a terrible question, but is there something about, could the phone ring to a back office or is it just the, how the office is like, cause I've seen some offices to where the phone rings to the back office and they have kind of a dedicated person to, to fill it and schedule the scheduler doesn't set up. But I, I know if there's four or five people that that's probably not realistic, but is there something to the physical layout of the practice that makes it more or less difficult to, for that? Or is that just kind of, you, you got to work with what you got to work with? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, what we found is that we'll, we'll train you know, usually anyone who works at that front desk, you know, how to take these phone calls because the phone inevitably is going to ring and different people are going to, going to pick it up. But if you did have, you know, a dedicated person, if you had like a dedicated new patient phone number, we know a lot of offices have 
online scheduling. So, you know, they can even walk the patient through how to schedule their own appointment, but mm. still have that conversation, right? So they don't have to physically be maybe in the office. So we're working with a, a company and it's a local company to me where I'm training the, the people answering the phones and it's a call center where people are physically there and, you know, they're kind of walking patients through scheduling their new patient mm. appointment mm. online, nice. you know, but, but I really think it has to be like high customer service, right? It can't just be like, well, go to the website and schedule your own appointment. It has mm -hmm, to be, mm -hmm. can you pull up the website? I'll walk you through where to go, really kind of lead them there. Now, I, I have a unrelated question and I'm very okay. interested in your take on this topic. I came from a high technology background. I came from, you know, the Procter Gamble's and GameStops of the world where everything was online. And then, you know, as we started the company, I was very, there were certain things that shocked me culturally about getting into dental. And one of them is how ingrained it is and how protective these offices are of their schedule and their scheduling philosophy. And I'm constantly sort of frustrated that online scheduling has not taken off more. Okay. Why do you think that is in dental? Is it people are vetting the practices when they call? Is it dentists are super protective of their schedule? Because yeah, I can schedule my my primary care. I just got a new eye exam. I scheduled it fully online. Like, what what makes it that dental has sort of the last bastion of of uh, holding out on schedule? Well, that's a great question, and I think it could be a lot of different things. And I think one of the things could be, um, you know, if they're true to a certain scheduling template, you know, do they have the operatories, you know, like that they could open up for new patients? Do they have, um, I think it's important if someone schedules online and they're a new person to your practice that immediately or as soon as possible, the office calls that patient, you know, hi, this is Susan calling I say, you just booked an appointment with us. We're so happy you found us and connect with that person because they they have this appointment scheduled, but we really want to make sure they fill out the paperwork, they come in, they're excited about it. There's some kind of human touch to it. And if, you, if you're a large practice and you've got a lot of open time and provider schedules and you can have some flexibility with where people schedule and have the operatory, then sometimes that's a little bit a little bit easier. It depends on, I think, what you're marketing for, if you're in a high growth mode or if you want particular services. And you want someone who's, I think, a little more serious than just kind of kicking the tires of different offices. So I think it's a combination of things. I think for me, we've tried to have a new patients where they could schedule with some sort of block scheduling. And they still ended up calling the practice and oh. having conversations. Now it worked. We had one practice that tried online scheduling that let any patient come in for a 30 minute discussion. And it was not a exam. It was not a consult. It was a, you can come in and meet the doctor. And that was a really noble idea. And I liked it because I thought, oh my gosh, like who wouldn't, but it didn't take off because I think people even though it said very clearly, this is not a new patient exam, you're not going to be a patient of record, we are going to sit you down and talk to you. 
people were like, where's my cleaning? Where, where are you going to fit? How come we're talking in the cons- consult room? And we would even call them and say, listen, just so you know, like this isn't a new patient exam. Like you're just going to meet the doctor and kind of talk through some concerns. I think that the offices that crack true online scheduling will begin to differentiate themselves moving forward because I think that we are moving toward it as a society quicker than ever from restaurants to, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's almost no wait list anymore. It's, it's, you know, we'll text you when, you know, 10 minutes before your, your table's ready mm-hmm. and it's wild, but yeah, I really, I, I was wondering your take cause you know, I, I, I value your thoughts so much on the, in the, in the industry, but yeah, we just seem to be behind the, the other, the other fields in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, What's next for Susan Leckowitz? I've grown my team and I have, mm-hmm. um, I have the ability to offer um, a lot more services. I come from a hygiene background and I have um, always been a firm believer that one person can't know everything in a dental office. And that's mm-hmm. why I named my company, company Dental Coaches because one coach can't coach every different aspect. And I have two new gals on my team that come from backgrounds of coaching large practices, large teams, multi-specialty, multi-doctor, multi-location. And they are really doing a great job of um, personalizing and individualizing training and coaching because I really think that's important too. I, I never want someone to feel that it's a cookie cutter approach or that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. watch these videos and then, you know, do it, do it on your own. And they're able to, um, to really take a deeper dive into the practice and get really clear with good team engagement, with accountability, with conflict resolution, with job descriptions and key performance indicators and, um, we're really focusing on, you know, helping doctors write better ads to attract better team members. We all know the the pool has shrunk mm. for people looking for jobs, but I also believe that good people are out there, and oftentimes they're looking for a more rewarding work environment or a more inspiring position. And we're really helping doctors and teams be more engaged and to enjoy, you know, working together and kind of getting rid of some of that negative energy that could be bogging things down. I heard a quote the other day that said, you know, the, the man who loves to walk will go further than the man who loves the destination. And as you're talking about the teams and the, the cultures of the office and learning, I think that so many dentists focus on the outcome of what they want their life to be. And they give up that loving the walk. And I think that the offices that really take time to grow the culture, to hire well and fire better and empower their teams do so much better. And yeah. I mean, I, I think if I look out at the the most successful, I mean, financially, cause obviously I have some inside baseball into their finances, but I mean, just, they seem happy. Mm-hmm. They have, a coach that they really like, you'd be amazed at how many times through the years, you know, all my team are idiots. And I'm like, why they're your team? Like what in the world possesses you to, and -hmm. oh, by the way, after about 90 days, that's, that problem's on you. That's not, that's not their problem. But like, I think the most successful, both economically and just in happiness practices have 
a coach that they really like and they have, they built a team around them that they almost view as peers in some of their areas of expertise. And I really like the philosophy that you've put together around the empowering the front desk and gamifying to get them excited, because I think that's one big thing. It takes off the dentist plate and, and, you know, they can focus on growing the other side of their business, but I think it's phenomenal. I, as I said, the offices that we partnered with, I've sure enjoyed working with you on. And, and, uh, I think it's, I think you got a, I think you're the real deal. So. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We, we have a lot of fun and I think when you can, you can, you know, get teams engaged and get different people on the team that are, um, excited about work that you can, um, create different leaders on the team, you know, so it doesn't always have to be just, well, we have one office manager, but we can mm -hmm. have different team leads. So some offices don't even really have one manager, but they have a clinical team lead or a hygiene team lead, or, you know, they, and I think the teams that do that can really kind of hold each other accountable in many Agreed. ways, you know, yeah. then, um, then it's like the team against the doctor kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really having a lot of fun and, um, you know, our practices are really doing well, you know, despite what you hear about the economy or recession, they're enjoying their practices, they're getting new patients in there, um, you know, taking great care of people. And I think one thing that we've done really well is to try to develop, you know, SOP standard operating procedures and get things documented and get really a lot of clarity around how do we do things. And I think when you do that and you have a great patient experience and you provide good dentistry, the money just follows, right? You know, it Agreed. just kind of naturally follows. And our most successful doctors are also um, developing their teams personally and professionally and mm -hmm. you know, sharing that increase in efficiency, right? And that increase in in how, um, you know, how successful they are. So that to me, the numbers of a practice are an indication of how well, you know, we're delivering our dental services. There's a book that you just reminded me of. And it, when you said the, the numbers represent, you know, the care, it, it's, it doesn't have to be crazy at work is the book. And it's written by oh. the guys that started Basecamp, okay. a big project management tool, yes. but, and they actually, our big influence on us. And I do find this is one of the things that dentists financially don't do well. They'll say, I want to be a $2 million office. Well, okay. But the problem is that that becomes a very, a difficult goal to quantify what that really means to you. Are you okay being a $2 million office with a 5% gross margin? Like that sounds, you know, bad. And the, the book actually revolves around if you set goals that are, I am going to, you know, treatment plan my patients in the best possible manner. I'm going to co-diagnose. I'm going to do the things you will actually be happier because you're achieving your goal along the way. But in reality, you're going to be a $2 million or, or two point, whatever the number is practice. And we've taken that to heart at the agency. And we do not set financial goals on either profitability nor a top end growth. We say, you know, we are going to sign clients that value marketing and here's what value marketing means. And 
we are going to exit clients that do these types of, you know, toxic behaviors. And, you know, we're going to do this culturally in the offices and we're going to do this. And, you know, we're going to launch a product this year. And that has made our satisfaction increase so much because I found that we were sometimes hitting financial goals for the year and I was not happy because I, I, the cost is too much, but I really like the, the approach you're talking about, but you should check out the book. It's a super easy read. I, yeah. I might take you 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. But it's, Thank it doesn't you. have to be crazy at work. And yeah. I think there's a second book, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the title, but okay. now, Susan, thank you so much for jumping on with me. And, uh, you know, Susan Lekowitz, dental coaches, they're an amazing group. Give them a call. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Eric. It was really fun catching yeah. up and, and, and talking today.